You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 225, Kent Dickerson and Yearning for God's Beauty. My friends, important topic here. Welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for being here. I am glad that you've downloaded. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to go ahead and go out to halfwaytherepodcast.com, everything we talk about today is going to be in the show notes there. Plus, there's a link to uh, support us on Patreon. If this show touches you in any way, if you you know have a... Um, you know, it helps you explain your spiritual journey. Or there's any way that it's helpful to you. Uh, and you can consider giving us just five bucks a month even would be helpful. You can get episodes early. That's always um, uh, one benefit. Or you can do, you can get things like t-shirts and whatever you, you choose uh, at the different levels. So we'd love to have you on board and I would appreciate your support. We've got a great conversation Today, um, our guest, he is a former preacher, um, a writer, a seminar presenter, and he's coming to us all the way from South Korea. So that's kind of fun. Love interviewing people around the world. Our guest is Kent Dickerson. Kent, welcome to Halfway There. Hey, what a privilege to be here, Eric. Um, I really enjoy your show. I'm almost caught up. I think I've listened to every episode. Uh, oh, no. I'm so, so sorry. I really? Yeah. I enjoy your theme. So, uh, yeah. Oh, thank it's, you. It's been great. Well, I appreciate that. And in fact, I think you said to me when we met in, uh, February that you'd listened and that I think you gave me the most improved podcaster award or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought, you know, this guy started out really amateurish and, <laughs> and, you know, it, the sound wasn't really good and this, you know, this kind of thing, but I just saw, but I was so interested in your topic. I just, okay, I'm gonna listen anyway. Yep. And, um, it just kept improving more and more the sound, your technique, your questions, everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, you were, uh, I thought you were, you, you have done an amazing job of, of improving your podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. And, it's been kind of a, a little passion project. I love doing the show. I love hearing and learning about the spiritual journey. And I think you can only do that when you actually hear from people what their journey is like. So um, yeah. that's why we do what we do. But so thank you for that. I appreciate it. So it's kind of cool that you're a listener and you've heard many episodes of the show. So you probably know what to expect, which is good, I guess. And uh, well, but I know that we're going to get some good, some good stuff uh, from your story today. So um I gave that kind of really broad, brief introduction to you. So give me kind of, you know, the, where God has you now and in what he's doing with you. Okay, Eric. So yeah, I, um, trained and had some experience as a preacher. Um, my tribe didn't call them pastors, but Uh (laughs) preachers, but, uh, uh, anyway, so I, I quit after five years and uh, I would have given you different reasons at the time why I was quitting. But the truth is I didn't have spiritual strength for the job. Mm. And uh, I just, I was 
ill-equipped. I mean, I had some great Bible um, and other training, but just personally, you know, I, I was ill-equipped spiritually yeah. uh, for it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I am now. Um, my wife is a uh, government service civilian, works for the U.S. Army. And we are at the U.S. Army Garrison Humphreys in South Korea, which we've been here seven years. And before that, we were almost a decade in Germany. And um, so we've been enjoying being overseas and being a part of the, the American military community. And um, I actually um, I'm president of Protestant Men of the Chapel, which is the main organization for men's ministry uh, with uh, the army. And, uh, so I have seven services, Protestant services that I encourage to have men's ministry and I'm involved in that and do a lot of, of counseling to guys. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I, well, let me tell you about, um, well, uh, it, it sounds, it sounds like you're using your pastoral gifts still, even though you're not, you don't have that role. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, when I get a chance, I do love doing seminars and preaching and, and then I do fill in preaching fairly often uh, for people when they go on vacation and, and then some semi-regularly at the, the church we're attending. We attend a chapel service on post and a, um, a church service off post as well. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to mention one thing that you said, and I know that we're going to get to this through your story, but um you said you didn't have the spiritual strength for it. I'm convinced, this is one thing I've learned doing this podcast. I'm convinced that um, we some very often look at the wrong credentials for being a pastor mm. for being, you know, like we look yes. at, we, we want people to have a degree. We want people to maybe have some experience, which I don't know. It was so hard for me to get experience when I was, when I was in school, I don't know how people do that. Um, but we, we have all these things that we want them to be able to do. And really, I, I just want somebody to be spiritually mature, right? I want them to know who they are in Christ. I want them to know what they're gifted to do and how to empower others to do that. And that seems like such a neglected aspect of being a pastor. Is that, is that I don't know, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that, yeah, the main thing is um, you need to be growing in your relationship with the Lord. And someone, I mean, wherever you are in your journey, if you're growing, you've got something to teach others, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, so I struggled with pornography um, for decades. And the, the church at the time, their, their way of talking about sin is, well, you read the Bible and you obey the Bible. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I didn't find that adequate. You know, I, I just wasn't quite capable of that. Yeah, and, which is, it's uh, yeah. just so vague. I mean, honestly, like that's just not, that's not, that's not enough nearly. So, all right, let's talk about yeah. that. So let's, let's talk about your story and let's go back and, and discuss it. So uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Abilene, Texas uh -huh. uh, till I was 13, had wonderful Christian parents, um, just couldn't ask for a better mom. I mean, it was uh, it was a wonderful thing. My dad was a very hard worker, 
Uh, he had a barbecue restaurant. I and, saw that in the book. That looked really cool. What was it called? The Hickory Pit? Hickory Pit. Earl's Hickory Pit. That's yeah. pretty awesome. So, I'm, I'm yeah, a barbecue yeah, guy. And then when I was when I was 13, we moved to Colorado Springs. They sold the business, and he became a manager for First Cafeteria. And um, all through that, I think I had a one year after seven years old uh, that I wasn't actually working somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, when you're in a family business, you work. And then uh, my dad talked Furs into going and hired me at 14. So. Wow. Okay. So you've been working for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, so I had a lot of experience with my dad, uh, even though he, he worked 60, sometimes 70 hours a week, uh, had a lot of experience with him, but he was a very quiet man. So um, I really enjoyed his latter years when he got a bit more talkative, uh, and we shared a lot more. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh how long were you in the Springs? Uh, went all through, uh, junior high and high school till senior year. During my senior year, we moved to Greeley. Oh no. And, uh, so yeah, that was, it was kind of tough. That's disappointing in Colorado. Yeah, like the, the Springs is beautiful. You're in the shadow of Pike's Peak and Greeley stinks. You're right. Yeah. Greeley is a, a little different deal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the high school was mostly farm kids and uh, total different mentality. You know, it was, it was like uh, absolute culture shock. Uh, yeah, from one to the other. You said your parents were were believers. So, what was the spiritual climate like? Were they raising you in the church? And yes, yeah. So basically, if the doors are open, we were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh, we used to have gospel meetings. It would be you know a, a full week long, and every day, every night, and and uh, we'd be there every time they they had anything going on. So, church was really important. Uh, to our family. I had two uncles who were preachers, full-time preachers. And so that kind of built the seed in me to, to desire to, to preach. And, um, I think I about six years old and decided, I think I'd want to preach. And, and then when I was 10, I was baptized and, uh, had a true experience where I wanted to give my life to the Lord. And, what, um, what was that like? responded well it was during one of these gospel meetings and I was that like a had, revival yeah exactly that's okay. what most churches call it and uh we would have this you know invitation song um most churches call it an altar call and the uh the preacher who visiting preacher he he wanted them to do uh just as i am every service and lead all nine verses. And, uh, then that, that wasn't quite enough. You'd have them go a few more, you know, and <laughs> just to <laughs> get people to time. give you enough time to come down. Exactly. What, exactly. Was, it, it was what denomination? Oh, okay. What, what? This was churches of Christ. Okay. Um, uh, non, uh, non-instrumental kind. And, but we had a church of nearly 2000. And so it was, it was quite a, quite an experience and a joy. Singing was absolutely incredible. Um, and always enjoyed the, the singing of wonder that 
that really touched my heart and always felt close to the Lord uh, in worship. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that atmosphere and I responded that one night and actually I responded, but I was 10 years old and I'd never seen anybody baptized at 10. They were usually at least 12. And so I thought, okay, I better talk to my parents first. So I went home, talked to them. My older brother decided that he wanted to be baptized as well. And uh, my dad called up our regular preacher and he said, well, just come on down to the building. We'll just go ahead and have baptism right now. Oh, wow. And yeah, uh, which which he uh, he asked my dad or asked us if we'd like our dad to be the one baptizes. And uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that done before, actually. So it was something kind of special uh, uh, being at a uh, time when the church wasn't actually meeting. But anyway, yeah, so I responded, really wanted to serve the Lord. And then that same year, my best friend and I discovered Polaroid pictures of a naked woman uh, in the alley. And even at 10, we knew, uh, no, you don't take this home and show mom. This is secret. You got to put this away. Keep it secret. Yeah. And so that was, that was our introduction to pornography. And then when I moved away at 13, I would remember those and kind of fondly remember experiencing that with my best friend and then go dumpster diving. And eventually I found Playboys. Yeah. In, yeah, in the dumpster. So that yeah. got me this this duality of heart. Well, talk, I wanted tell, to serve the Lord. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, tell me about that, but you you already started, so go That's good. Okay, yeah. Um, and just where I wanted to serve the Lord, I really had a deep desire to obey him, but I also wanted my little secret. And so I kept that to... Till I got, I decided I needed I needed to uh, get married and get rid of this problem. So I got married at 19, and uh, our love life started out normal. But about six months later, it began to change and eventually disappeared. And uh, it just I went back to the Playboys. I didn't know how to react. And I thought about talking to one of my professors or one of even my fellow college students, and I did not have the guts. So I was stuck in my, you know, predicament. Yeah. Okay. So how did that feel? And what was that? And what do you, looking back at it now, what do you attribute that to? Well, I, I attribute it uh, mostly with having a relationship with the Bible instead of a relationship with the God of the Bible. Yeah. And, you know, it's a wonderful book. It's the book of books, but that's not adequate. You have to really know God. And there's all these scriptures that talk about knowing God. And uh, I didn't really know how to get relational with him. Didn't know much about prayer, really. Um, just heard, mostly heard the same old phrases, you know, guide, guard, and directs us, which are great words, but you hear it every service, you know, all your life, and they kind of lose 
their meaning. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. And they don't, I, I think that's so true. So I guess that denomination may be a little different than the evangelical ones that I grew up in, but uh, we, we had, you know, really as evangelicals, we had two spiritual disciplines, right? And it was read your Bible and pray, but nobody ever taught you how to do either of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just, well, read right. your Bible in a year if you can and try not to get stuck in Leviticus. Um, <laughs> right. Or, and it was just pray. And, but prayer was very seldom anything other than um, intercessory prayer, right. Praying, asking God for things right. or for other people right. or yourself. And so I had or, no. Or your personal desires. You might ask him for this. Right. Right. Yeah. For things you want or, or whatever, but there was no real back and forth or listening and you certainly never would integrate both the Bible and prayer, <laughs> right? Like yeah. meditating scripture. So I was wondering if that's kind of, kind of was your experience also, or. Yeah. I, I never heard anything about meditation, but uh, um, the church, my home church, it went through a lot of changes, you know, through co- the, my years I was in college, I was back to it in Abilene, went to Abilene Christian University. And uh, so we were we were growing a lot, stressing grace and uh, some things that hadn't had much stress before. Mm-hmm. And but uh, we still didn't really talk about dealing with sin um, much. And it was just kind of taboo, you know. You, everybody put on their mask and yeah. pretended I don't have any problems. I know, that, which is one of the things I find ironic about churches not wanting to wear masks, people not wanting to wear masks to church. I'm like, well, you guys do that all the time. What do you, do? <laughs> you just yeah. can't see it, my friends. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that that's really interesting. Um, okay, so you're so you're going to school, and then and you're still just it sounds like entangled. Is that is that a good word? Yes. Okay. I was entangled, and uh, um. So as I said, I I didn't really feel the spiritual uh, strength I needed when I got out and was preaching full time, and I was at a small church, and you know I I did everything from janitor work to youth ministry to preaching twice a week, and teaching a class or two a week, and you know it just it was just kind of overwhelming um, for me. Yeah, did you find it? uh, Did you find it um, just exhausting? I I found it exhausting in some ways, but what what really was kind of exhausting was I never felt comfortable with my time. I either felt like I'm neglecting my family or I'm neglecting my work. Mm, Never, I never found this happy medium. You know, just just didn't seem to exist for me. Yeah. Okay. There were times when I would put, um, I discovered contemporary Christian music uh, in those years, and um, I would go in, put a tape on the intercom (laughs) uh, at church, and just sit and listen and worship. And uh, so there was there was some growth even there um, at reaching towards God and feeling comfort from him. Um, but I still didn't know how to address um, my struggle. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? You ended up leaving. 
yep, I left. I got in the jewelry business. And uh, well, how, why did you leave? Because I think is that important or is that? Well, it's just um, as I said, I, I felt inadequate. I I tried finding a job as an associate minister, you know, and didn't really have success for you know trying that for nine months, and um, just decided, okay, uh, my wife, first wife, of course, was. Um, decided, okay, I think I'll, I'm ready to go back to work here. So we went back to Abilene. She went to work for a, ba- a bank. And uh, then um, I just kind of, you know, went back, always back to attending church, Every you know, everything there is and enjoying it and teaching. And I was a deacon, uh, a number of years I was in charge of adult education um, at at this large church. And um, so I had, I had involvement and, but yeah, I still struggled with knowing how to deal with this because nobody talked about your struggle, you know? Yeah. There was all this preaching against sin, but no one really got practical about it. Yeah. So when did that change for you? So, um, I did have, we did have one guy who actually was our, uh, custodian, but they, he ended up becoming, uh, one of the ministers at church at full time. And he, um, he talked about his struggle with, uh, alcohol and was very open. And, and so there was some kind of leaning. Okay. He talked about, really uh finding more in prayer and so there was a little little bit of you know leaning that way and um uh, then eventually i still had my secret sin and what i didn't know what it was doing to my heart and i ended up uh, having a brief affair uh, for a week. And then we came to our senses, broke up. And, um, I just, I went through this, um, period turned out my wife knew. And, and so we went through a divorce and it was, it was really my decision because, um, uh, she wasn't willing to go to counseling. She wasn't willing to, um, really um, work on our marriage and I wasn't willing to stay in it as it was. Yeah. And, you know, I I think a lot of it was, was my fault really. Um, I did should have dealt with things with her much differently. Should have been a lot more communication. And then uh, we had other, you know, money troubles, which most couples have. Yeah. And, uh, uh, some other things that were pretty serious, but, uh, anyway, so I went through a pretty good depression, um, for about six weeks. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat hardly anything. And, uh, I really, um, uh, you know, felt down and yet I really took 
a lot of comfort in the Psalms and Proverbs going through them. I mean, it seemed like every night I would I'd be reading and and find something that really expressed what I was feeling and and I started writing out my prayers and yeah it was uh, mm. it was a different experience with God and I started seeing you know David gets really raw yeah. in his prayers he does yeah. he he uh, you know Lord just rip the arms out of their sockets of my enemies <laughs> yeah he's just yeah he gets he expresses stuff pretty pretty uh, boldly and uh, I said okay well I just the Lord knows it all anyway. All right. Let me just let me just talk to him about what I'm feeling and, and uh, everything. So that was the beginning of that. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, got remarried uh, <clears throat> and, you know, with a new wife and started anew and I still, I, I, well, I went to a walk to a mass weekend. I don't know if you've heard of those, but uh-uh. uh, Trace Diaz walked to a mass. These three-day weekends uh, have a special uh, sharing together. And, yeah, I, I shared with my guys at my table, but I didn't really admit. This was actually before I got married the second time uh, that I went to that. It was just, and, uh I didn't really admit just how big a hold the pornography had on me. And I was just, I was holding back with the guys. Yeah. And then with the second marriage, um, we got into, uh, my wife finished a master's in clinical psych slash counseling. And um, she went to work uh, for the Air Force first uh, in uh, Illinois, Scott Air Force Base down by St. Louis and for a year. And then we went to Germany. I was wanting to teach watchmaking. And uh, so I took an advanced course in Switzerland for six months. And during that time, I found myself back in the Playboys. Mm. She would come down some of the weekends, but it was a very intense course. It just took all my focus, you know. I had to stay there all, all the weekends and stuff. Yeah. I found myself um, back in the Playboys, and um, that was um, that was kind of the camel that broke the the back, you know. Uh, where when it when it came time to leave Switzerland, I threw out the Playboys, and I just got desperate with God. I, I just said, I have to have help. It's just, this is never going to change unless you help me. And um, so I also said, I'll, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I think I was finally at a place to receive what he had for me all along. Yeah. 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 So uh, went back to he- uh, Heidelberg, Germany. Uh, where Linda was, and uh, within a, a few weeks, uh, I got asked to work a Trace Diaz weekend, and this time I got asked to speak 
And the speakers at these weekends are asked to have some personal testimony. It's up to you what it is. But I knew what the Lord wanted me to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, so I got up, I shared with guys, there were about 45 guys there. And uh, we, I just laid, um, my talk was on Bible study. And I said, you know, I, I haven't really studied amazingly what I need most. And that is, what does the Bible say about sin and lust and, and how do you overcome? And so I'm, I'm committing to study it. And I pray you'll commit to if you struggle with any kind of sin. And almost to a man, they either got up publicly and admitted, or they came to me privately and said, I've got the same struggle. And that's, that's like the first time, like, wow, I am not alone. Yeah. This, this, is, this is so big. I had no clue because nobody talks about it. Yeah, that's true. That's, it's one of those things. Um, I think in my whole life, I, I grew up going to church too. I, I think I've had one conversation or one Sunday where um, even where the focus was about uh, pornography and sin issues, uh, sexual sin issues, uh, and just calling people to repentance, which is, um, I understand it's hard. Like, I know it's tough, tough to do, but boy, uh, don't we need that? Don't we need it? Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, the guys responded. They they were like, oh, yeah, we, we have the same situation. And so we really had a great weekend just sharing with each other, getting really close. And um, it was um, kind of a continued because these these kind of weekends, they have something called a reunion group where you – you meet with one to three guys and have a spiritual review of your week every week. And so we would, you know, talk about it. Well, how's it going this week? How, you know, do we have any problems? And, and we would pray for each other and share. Um, we had somebody in our corner, you know, if, if I was at the, um, the bow market in Germany, which is their home improvement center and, they would be having calendars and, uh, you know, with naked women right, right there. And you'd be, I'd, I'd call one of them and say, okay, I'm, I'm in a bad place. Say, say a prayer for me. I'm being tempted here to just really go focus on this. So, you know, we, we were, we were really sharing each other's lives a lot more. And that was very powerful. Yeah. Hey, I just want to, what I love about that story is that, Really, the depth and the uh, camaraderie that you had, the, the ability to share your lives is because you took the risk of being honest and first. Right. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's that's why I say that, you know, I was in a place to receive the help the Lord had for me all yeah. along. Because you're willing to be honest. Yeah. I, I'll do what you want, Lord. Okay, you want me to get put it out there? Okay. And uh, for a long time, it was just men. But eventually, I got to where I'd get up in front of the whole church, you know, and share and women. And I thought, oh, they're going to stone me. But uh, 
actually uh, women would be, would be like, oh, I'm so grateful that you're addressing this. And uh, because, you know, my husband needs it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And it's not always just men who need it too, right? There's, there's no, certainly right. uh, women who, who struggle with pornography as well. Yeah. And just sin in general. Yeah. You know, but probably the most common sin um, at church meetings is gossip. Yeah. Which includes backbiting and slander and, you know, some pretty rough stuff. And it's one of the things that hurts the unity of the church the most. But it's never addressed. You know? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think we have our, our pride involved where we're like, well, if we talk about murderers and thieves, we can feel pretty good about ourselves because we're not doing that. Right. You know, but you start talking about the more common stuff and it's, yeah, it's just, people just aren't used to that. And, and yeah, they just, I have to, well, first of all, you, you need a pl- safe place. You know, you need a, you need a class, you need a, uh, a small group. You need some safe place where you can bring stuff up and get real. Right. Right. So we have to take our discipleship, I think, away from a lecture model on a Sunday morning into the more small group discipleship model that Jesus used. Imagine that. Um, and, and, also give ourselves the space to, to talk about those things. Right. I think it's, yeah. you know, it, you have to know people and you also have to um, take your understanding of your spirituality out of the realm of performance. You know, I learned a lot of that yes. from Dallas Willard, right? Like the, this idea of the God, he calls it the gospel of sin management, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you can't just manage sin. Um, I mean, you can, but boy, that's a miserable way to live, right? Yeah. 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 So that was, that was kind of the beginning of success. And um, yeah, between Bible study, getting better with my prayer life and, um, and the guys, you know, always having somebody in my corner, um, that made a big difference. Yeah. And I got to where... Well, what the, what did that look like? So, because those are three really broad things. So, take us into kind of what each of them meant. Yeah, maybe sure. maybe briefly, but like, what pr- better prayer, better Bible study, and then accountability relationships look like? Okay, so the Bible study, um, I was studying um, about the enemy. You know, yeah, <laughs> we we the modern church, at least in most places doesn't talk much about the enemy. You know, it's like, well, you know, this was, he, we have this thought, oh, well, Satan, he's, he's busy, but it's more on a global scale. He doesn't do anything to me individually. You know, it doesn't affect me. And uh, I found in the Bible study, you know, this is uh, just as Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, um, you know, you're, 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 war, you're warring not with flesh and blood, but with these spiritual powers and uh you got to get engaged in battling them what does that look like because that's i think for a lot of us now we've we've heard on this show stories that 
or, um, you know, supernatural nature. But, um, I think for most of us, it's tough to imagine that we, and we don't really know what to do. Cause like we said, we don't get a lot of teaching on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, a lot of times we, we are, we've got our, our sinful nature involved, of course. And we have, particularly with something like pornography, you've got pathways in your brain that you've kind of like ruts in a road. Yep. <laughs> you've made this easy to go into. And, um, and the same with a lot of common sense. Um, but you also have an enemy who I believe like Peter he he starts arguing with with the Lord about heading to the cross, and Jesus says, "You know, get get behind me, Satan." You know, he, he, obviously Satan was involved in his thought process somewhere along the way, and I think that that's quite true with us. It's encouraged our bad behavior, our bad thinking, are encouraged by the enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What did your prayer practice look like? Okay. So my prayer practice, I was getting more real and talking to, the way up to God about the way I feel. Mm. And you're being about, honest with him. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, and I also, it, you know, it took time, you know, for, uh, for God to show me this, but I also said, you know, I, I just, I want to understand this more. I want to understand my the pull that this has on me. Why is it so strong? Yeah. And uh, and then eventually he he made it really clear uh, why that it was. Which is what if you want to share that? Yeah, sure. So after I had a couple of years away from pornography, I still struggled with lust every time I went to the gym. You know, a lot of the times when I was in uh, a shopping place, and there's good looking women there. You know, there's always, it was just, it was like always present. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I didn't look at pornography anymore, I didn't even pick it up. I just, you know, I said, Lord, this, this doesn't feel like victory to me. Yeah, I've, I've modified, I've improved behavior and attitude some, but, but it's not victory. And so I kept pressing in, asking God to bring real victory. And, uh, so I was started praying in the parking lot at the gym and, you know, any place else where temptation was strong. I just, okay, let me prepare. Like, like I said, in Germany, the, the naked women are right on the, out in the open, uh, on magazines and stuff. And you pay for gas, you know, there they are. So I say, okay, Lord, let me just help me just to walk kind of the long way around the little room, pay for my gas and come back and not even pass the, the magazine rack. And then at the gym, I was praying mostly about my weakness and my um, struggle and I need your strength, Lord. And, Frankly, I wasn't getting very far with that. And then one day, um, we had done a study in our small group called Experiencing God. Oh, yeah. 
by Henry Blackaby. Yep. And so I thought about that one morning as I was praying. I said, Lord, I've asked you to take this temptation away and you've chosen not to. Could I experience you through the temptation? And that day was different. Really different. I get on the elliptical to warm up, which I think at the time I was warming up for about 23 minutes. And um, almost immediately, my mind is flooded with that passage from Revelation 4. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And it, it just kind of kept flooding my mind just over and over for a while. And then I was reflecting, okay, this, these words are said 24 hours a day in heaven. How important they must be. How powerful they must be. And during that reflection, the woman who was the most tempting to me at the gym passed in front of me. And I barely noticed. I was aware she'd have passed, but I had no concentration on what she's wearing or how she's looking or, you know, none of that entered my mind. And I, okay, Lord, now I'm getting somewhere. I've been focusing too much on me, even in my repentance. I need to focus on you. Wow. Yeah, there's there's something about, uh, I forget who said it. Our pastor used to quote it all the time, uh, that we become what we worship, right? Like yeah. you, you turned your worship to the Lord. So I, I had great success in the gym, just carried on where God would show me something new about his nature typically. Was a lot of times it was in my circumstance, you know, just... Okay, Lord, I'm feeling pretty weak today. I need your strength for these muscles to, to work. And uh, it was just, it was the different deal. And I thought, wow, I never knew prayer could be like this, where God is supplying, you know, more than just listening to me. Yeah. He's supplying what I need. And so I had a lot of success in the gym became my most spiritual times of the week. You know, just, yeah, just, I was there three days a week, you know, for an hour and 45 minutes, you usually work out. And those became very spiritual. And uh, that was really powerful. And then um, I had this other experience in the mountains in Germany. So we were, we were in the Alps, uh, next to Austria, one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. It was really amazing. And uh, Linda had training during the day. We were at the Army Retreat Center, and, and she had training. And so um, during the day, I just thought, okay, I'm going to take my guitar. I'm going to go out, sit somewhere, and view this beauty and just sing praises to God. And so I did that. And and while I was doing this, I was thanking the Lord for just what he has made and how incredible and, um, you know, awesome. <laughs> this is truly awesome because I know you made it, Lord. And God impressed me for the first time with some first-person 
thought, which was that this is beautiful because I am beautiful. Wow. I make beauty because it is who I am. And then a little bit later, I was impressed with the words that this most incredible scene is only a dim reflection of my beauty. And that was like, oh, I get it. I'm wanting the Lord's beauty. I'm wanting to see him. I'm wanting the ultimate in beauty. All my life I've been chasing beauty, not only wanting to look at beautiful women, but uh, beautiful rocks and minerals and uh, gemstones, beautiful uh, architecture and cars and uh, handmade knives. And I mean, just the whole role, everything I was interested in almost was things that displayed beauty. And it's because my yearning for God's beauty was so strong. And so this brought a truth to me that I could see a woman, you know, and, and of course you, you get on the internet, something can pop up that when you're not expecting it, you know, but it doesn't matter if I respond in the right way. I say, Lord, thank you for the reminder of your much greater beauty. And it's like the mind is just turned away from lust. It's just, you know, I can I can appreciate the beauty, thank the Lord for it, and you know, it doesn't really grab hold of me the way it used to. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's 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 such a deep theological truth, right? When you know that God made everything, right, and you can worship Him for it. I love absolutely. I love that. Wow, that was beautiful. Uh, okay, so that. It sounds like it was a big turning point for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, man, I this works anywhere, anytime. Mm. Um, you know, this is just amazing. And it, and sure, there were times where I was feeling particularly lonely or or something where I I might not react that way, but but the greatest majority of time I do. I mean, it's like, wow, this is just incredible, and it really fed a desire in me to know God more and more. And I think this is where I went wrong in my study. And really the church just, I think in general, this is true. The church is so focused on the, the church and the Christian. We're not really studying God that much. We're not really studying his nature and i thought yeah this is this is what where this is where i went wrong i wanted to study you know study the bible to the extreme but yeah i didn't have the right focus well i love what you said earlier about having a relationship with the bible not with the god of the bible right like yeah there, there is that's that's really been standing out to me lately there is a, a verse in uh, John 5 where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but yeah. they testify about me. And that is still true, right? That's so. Absolutely. And I get in trouble because it sounds like sometimes when you say things like that, that you're saying that the Bible is unimportant and I'm not. 
I've got two degrees in the Bible, you know, like you, like you, we've got, like, I, I can, I, I love the scriptures, uh, but uh, I love Jesus more. Like, and, and this, it's a really a question of what are they there for, right? The scriptures are there to point us to Jesus and to the father and his heart for us. And so once, when you know that, then you can, you can go after that. Uh, but boy, if all you're thinking about is just, just the scripture, uh, it actually is, is kind of a, kind of a harsh God to worship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I majored in Bible, minored in Greek and yeah. continued for one semester in graduate school. Um, but, um, didn't finish the masters and, uh, it's, that's a regret I have. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, I could work 30 to 36 hours a week, take 12 hours of class, oh, and wow. pay for it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not possible now. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten much more expensive. So, um, But I think, well, if I had the opportunity, I'd really like to get a master's, but I really would like a master's in real theology, you know? study about God. Wouldn't it be great to have a course on the names of God, a course on God, the creator, a course yeah. on the glory of God, uh, a course on the dual nature of Christ. I mean, just on and on, my imagination thought of these courses and I start looking for them and most of them don't exist as near as I can tell. Yeah. I mean, we just, we have, so I began asking people with, who had been to seminary, did you have a single course in seminary that totally focused on God? I had one. Did you have one? Well, yep, one. And it was. I have, I've asked at least 50, and I've had three say yes, I had one. Wow. One said he had three. Wow. Yeah. We, so I, I attended Trinity Evangelical Divinity School for a while, and they did their theology. It depends on how you do it, right? So, they did their theology in three classes. And the first one was, was God was, was his, you know, the father, son, and spirit. And then, okay. um, and then the others, but when I moved to Denver, then I had to do, I missed them. It's a long story, but um, anyway, yeah. but so, so yeah, I did, I did have one, but you're right. As far as studying theology goes, just the one, I mean, that's and in a huge degree, right? It was like a 90 credit degree or 70 credit degree. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think the church just, the church has a me focus, <laughs> you know, really. Um, that that's, I know that's was my problem. Wow. And okay. Now that I'm, I'm wanting to learn more and more about the nature of God. It's like, man, there's just, there's so much here and, and start learning contemplation, you know, yeah. meditation um, and really focus on those. I love that. So are you making those courses or what are you, what are you doing? Well, I'm right now, um, um, because of the COVID situation, uh, Knox Theological Seminary yeah. has free videos to watch from various things, including three courses in systematic theology. Uh -huh. And so I'm taking one that's supposed to be on God and creation. Uh, so far, it's mostly about what is systematic theology. I'm not very far along. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping to see what is the normal experience for people to go to seminary. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's my desire. I'd love to teach more, uh, 
uh, and, you know, go ahead and get a degree and teach more if I can figure out a way to afford it and yeah. everything. And, and just yeah, like you say, put together um, um, classes on what some call proper theology. And yeah, I, I think these, these are desperately needed. Yeah. Well, hey, don't, I would just encourage you, don't wait till you get to the degree. Go, go, yeah. go make it because we need it. We, we need, God's put that in your heart. It's something that he wants you to do and that others need. And I know that we do. So whether, whether what we're struggling with is lust uh, like you did or something else, I mean, so many of us struggle with all kinds of things and we never get to put those things out there. Um, but the answer is always Jesus, right? The answer is always, yeah. it's always look at the <laughs> Lord and return yeah, to absolutely. him. You know, I, I, I'm, been saying this a lot lately, but I really think David, he's a man after God's own heart, he's called, right? But he still sinned, you know? Mm-hmm. But what he did when he was confronted with his sin is he repented and he and he yeah. went to the Lord and said, I have sinned. And he admitted it. That's what makes you a person after God's own heart um, yeah. is is remembering it. Not that you're always sinless because none of us will ever be there until, until we get there. Yeah. One thing... Uh... I'm I'm studying and uh, dreaming about is heaven, man. I'm just so excited about yeah, leaving this sin and aches and pains and all that stuff behind yep. and yeah, just so. I, and of course, the most exciting thing about heaven is we're going to see God, yeah, you know, and and not die. <laughs> we're going to actually see Him, and uh, it's going to be just amazing. We're we're going to be uh, I told you that my mind was flooded. Well, our whole body is going to be flooded yeah. with, with the new earth, and new heaven, and new earth, uh, where we'll be really having this great uh, understanding of the Lord. We'll be growing every every day through eternity. Right. Yep. I always say you can't exhaust the knowledge of an infinite God because yes, we, we'll learn about Him forever. All right, Ken. I appreciate you sharing your story. I really do. Um, your book, by the way, which we haven't mentioned, and I apologize. Uh, is remade a preacher finds victory over porn and complaints. So friends, if you want to hear more about in more detail about Kent's story and uh, you know, the, the discoveries that he had um, it's all in the book. So you can get that right at halfway there podcast.com. There's a link uh, where you can go pick that up, or I'm sure you can get it to, on Amazon or, or wherever you get a good, good books. Right. And uh, so that is fantastic. Your website also I had open at one time is remade preacher, right? Remade preacher. There you go. Remade preacher.com. Sorry, I closed it. Um, But that, uh, yeah, remade preacher.com. So people can connect with you there. Uh, Do you have anything you want to leave us with? Uh, So, yeah, just... um Start having a focus on God. When you every time you pick up the Bible, ask yourself, what does this tell me about God? About his nature, about his character. Yeah, just you know, let's let's start getting our focus where it needs to be and um, and start doing some contemplation, um, meditation, thinking about it, just you know, find some truth about God and and press in to it. Press into his nature. Um, yeah absolutely what does it tell you about who god is the scriptures are there as revelation to reveal god to you so that's a great question i love that kent hey thanks so much for being here i appreciate it 
Thank you very much, Eric. Exciting to be here.